Faith, Hope and Love, episode 383, the 25th Sunday in Ordinary Time, Year C. Luke 16, verse 13, lays down the important rule that no slave can serve two masters. In the time of Jesus, the master possessed a slave and possessed him exclusively. Nowadays, a servant or a worker can easily do two jobs or more, work for two different people. They could do one job and another in their spare time. But back in the time of the Romans and in the time of Jesus, a slave had no spare time. They were entirely owned by one master. Every moment of their day, every ounce of their energy belonged to that master. They had no time which was their own. So this analogy is that serving God can never be a part-time or spare-time job. Once we choose to serve God, every moment of our time and every atom of our energy should belong to God. God is the most exclusive of masters. We either totally give ourselves to him or not at all. This is Faith, Hope and Love. I am the salvation of the people, says the Lord. Should they cry to me in any distress, I will hear them, and I will be their Lord for ever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Hello everyone, and goodness and kindness be to you all. As we come together as brothers and sisters on this 25th Sunday in Ordinary Time, let us, first with confidence, ask the Father's forgiveness, for he is full of gentleness and compassion. Have mercy on us, O Lord, for we have sinned against you. Show us, O Lord, your mercy, and grant us your salvation. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Glory to God in the
Let us pray that God will grant us eternal life. O God, who founded all the commands of your sacred law upon love of you and of our neighbour, grant that by keeping your precepts we may merit to attain eternal life. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, for ever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Amos. Hear this, you that trample on the needy, and bring to ruin the poor of the land, saying, When will the new moon be over, so that we may sell grain? And the Sabbath, so that we may offer wheat for sale? We will measure out less and charge more, and tamper with the scales, buying the poor for silver and the needy for a pair of sandals, and selling the sweepings of the wheat. The Lord has sworn by the pride of Jacob, Surely I will never forget any of their deeds. The Word of the Lord Praise the Lord who lifts up my soul. Praise, O servants of the Lord, praise the name of the Lord. May the name of the Lord be blessed, both now and for evermore. High above all nations is the Lord, above the heavens his glory. Who is like the Lord our God, who has risen on high to his throne, yet stoops from the heights to look down, to look down upon heaven and earth. From the dust he lifts up the lowly, from the dung heap he raises the poor, to set them in the company of rulers, yes, with the rulers of his people. Praise the Lord who lifts up my soul. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to Timothy. Beloved, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for everyone, for kings and all who are in high positions, so that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and dignity. This is right and is acceptable in the sight of God our Saviour, who desires everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God. There is also one mediator between God and the human race, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all. This was attested at the right time. For this I was appointed a herald and an apostle, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. I am telling the truth. I am not lying. The Word of the Lord
Jesus Christ was rich, but he became poor to make you rich out of his poverty. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. There was a rich man who had a manager, and charges were brought to him that the manager was squandering his property. So the rich man summoned him and said to him, What is this that I hear about you? Give me an accounting of your management, because you cannot be my manager any longer. Then the manager said to himself, What will I do now that my master is taking the position away from me? I am not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I have decided what to do, so that when I am dismissed as manager, people may welcome me into their homes. So, summoning his master's debtors one by one, he asked the first, How much do you owe my master? He answered, A hundred jugs of olive oil. He said to him, Take your bill, sit down quickly, and make it fifty. Then he asked another, How much do you owe? He replied, A hundred containers of wheat. He said to him, Take your bill and make it eighty. And his master commended the dishonest manager, because he had acted shrewdly. For the children of this age are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than are the children of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of dishonest wealth, so that when it is gone, they may welcome you into the eternal homes. Whoever is faithful in a very little, is faithful also in much, and whoever is dishonest in a very little is dishonest also in much. If then you have not been faithful with the dishonest wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful with what belongs to another, who will give you what is your own? No slave can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. The Gospel of the Lord Today's parable from the Gospel of Luke about the dishonest steward would have to be one of the most confounding parables in the Gospels. At first glance, it looks like our Lord is praising the dishonesty and the unscrupulous behaviour of the manager who gets fired for dodgy practices. But a closer look shows that Jesus is actually contrasting the behaviour and priorities of people who have a worldly focus with those who have a focus on the kingdom of God. A parable that looks initially foreign to us actually tells us something significant. This jarring parable actually has a lot in common with other parables of Jesus, namely the parable of the rich fool, which we've heard earlier in this year, or even the parable of the rich man and the poor man Lazarus at his gate, which is coming up. All of these parables are trying to tell us that collecting money and possessions 
is not the most important thing in life, and they don't last. It's establishing significant and lasting relationships with our brothers and sisters around us. That is, everyone. In Jesus' mind, relationships are more important than money, and our relationships with others should be served by money rather than the other way around. This is why the Master praised in today's Gospel, not because he stole his money, but because the manager did not allow money to distract him from the greater goal of creating relationships that will last beyond his employment. This is how Jesus views money and calls his followers to view it the same. The parable forces the listener to decide what is it that they trust the most. Whether we live for Jesus and his kingdom, or for the world and its fleeting possessions, forces a moment of decision on us. Do we trust that Jesus is more to be trustworthy than all the economic structures and worldly things around us? If those who don't know Jesus cheat one another because they know the value of relationships over money, then how much more should we use money to be freely given for the benefit of others? The scripture scholar William Barclay says, In today's parable, the dodgy steward knew that he had lost his job, and he therefore came up with a brilliant plan. He falsified the entries in the books so that the debtors were debited with far less than they actually owed. This would have two effects. First, the debtors would be grateful to him, owe him in the future. And secondly, and much more effectively, he had involved the debtors in his own misdemeanor. And if the worst came to the worst, he was now in a strong position to exercise a little judicious blackmail. Terrible and quite dishonest behavior for sure, and not Christian. But as Jesus says of the parable, the sons of this world are wiser in their generation than the sons of light. That means if only Christians were as eager and ingenious in their attempts to attain goodness as the people of the world are in their attempts to attain money and comforts, we'd be a much better people at our job of Christianity. If only we could give as much attention to the things which concern our souls as others do to achieve the things which concern their lives, passing things, their business, we would be very profitable for the kingdom. Over and over again, a person will expend 20 times the amount of time and money and effort on their business endeavors or their pleasures or hobbies or garden or sport as they do on their Christian faith. Our Christianity will begin to be truly effective only when we spend as much time and effort on the things of God as others do on worldly activities that don't last. So this is a very unusual parable. Our Lord is using the parable to compare two quite unequal things. People who are successful in the ways of this earthly world spend their days and nights plotting, scheming, working and planning for things that will produce good profits and material benefits in this life only. How much more importantly should we spend our time, energy, planning and honour scheming to produce the fruits of the kingdom of heaven which last forever? It's quite clear from these parables and from Jesus' teaching that our Lord had a very healthy suspicion and aversion to money and material possessions. He knew they were imperfect and tainted. He was a realist, though. Many people could not totally avoid dealing with money and material goods. 
But he quickly reminded his disciples that doesn't mean we should put much trust in them. Money and possessions are to be used with extreme caution and with a very strong suspicion for their inadequacy and shallowness. According to our Lord's teaching, material possessions should be used, if they must be used, to cement the friendships and relationships whereby real and permanent value of life is found. That is, use our money and our material abilities to help those in need, to help our brothers and sisters who are doing it tough. The rabbis have a saying, the rich help the poor in this world, but it is the poor who will help the rich in the world to come. St Ambrose commented on the rich fool who built bigger barns to store his goods and said, the bosoms of the poor, the houses of the widows, the mouths of the children are the barns which last forever. It was a strong and old belief in the Jewish tradition that charity given to poor people would stand to a man's credit in the world to come, in the next life. A person's true wealth would consist not in what they kept, for themselves, but what they gave away to those who needed it. Luke's gospel, we have to keep in mind, was written and addressed largely to a Gentile group of Christians of Greek background who were people of influence and wealth and social status. So the gospel is clearly there to teach them. You can use your wealth and you can use it either selfishly or you can use it to make life easier, not just for ourselves but for your friends and fellow people, especially those in need. And thank goodness for people who've done that throughout history. How many scholars are forever grateful to a rich benefactor who left money so that they could study and excel in their particular school of life, which then helped many, many people? How many people are grateful to a better-off friend who saw them through some real time of need in a practical way? Possessions are not in themselves a sin, But they are a great responsibility, and the person who uses them to help their friends and those who are most needy has gone very far in discharging that very noble responsibility. I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Being conscious of the frailty of human nature and our need for God, let us bring all our needs before the Lord. That the church may seek out the lost, heal the wounded, and bring the good news to all. Lord, hear us. That those who govern us may be guided by God's wisdom 
so that their work will bring lasting peace. Lord, hear us. That those who are planning to marry may take part in good marriage preparation courses and entrust their love to the Lord, the source of all love. Lord, hear us. That in our community, the peace of Christ may heal all that divides us. Lord, hear us. That those who have died in the peace of Christ may rejoice in eternal life, especially those for whom we now pray. Lord, hear us. Hear the prayers of the family gathered here before you, Lord. In mercy and love, unite all your people. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you, fruit of the earth and work of human hands. It will become for us the bread of life. By the mystery of this water and wine, may we come to share in the divinity of Christ, who humbled himself to share in our humanity. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the wine we offer you, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. With humble spirit and contrite heart, may we be accepted by you, O Lord, and may this sacrifice in your sight this day be pleasing to you, Lord God. Wash me, O Lord, from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. Receive with favour, O Lord, we pray, the offerings of your people, that what they profess with devotion and faith may be theirs through these heavenly mysteries. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right to give you thanks, truly just to give you glory, Father most holy, for you are the one God living and true, existing before all ages and abiding for all eternity, dwelling in unapproachable light. Yet you who alone are good, the source of life, have made all that is, so that you might fill your creatures with blessings and bring joy to many of them by the glory of your light. And so in your presence are countless hosts of angels who serve you day and night, and gazing upon the glory of your face, glorify you without ceasing. With them too we confess your name in exultation, giving voice to every creature under heaven, as we acclaim, Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory. 
Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. We give you praise, Father most holy, for you are great and you have fashioned all your works in wisdom and in love. You formed man in your own image and entrusted the whole world to his care, so that in serving you alone, the Creator, he might have dominion over all creatures, and when through disobedience he had lost your friendship, you did not abandon him to the domain of death, for you came in mercy to the aid of all, so that those who seek might find you. Time and again you offered them covenants, and through the prophets taught them to look forward to salvation. You so loved the world, Father Most Holy, that in the fullness of time you sent your only begotten Son to be our Saviour. Made incarnate by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, he shared our human nature in all things but sin. To the poor he proclaimed the good news of salvation, to prisoners freedom, and to the sorrowful of heart joy. To accomplish your plan he gave himself up to death, and rising from the dead he destroyed death and restored life. And that we might live no longer for ourselves, but for him who died and rose again for us, he sent the Holy Spirit from you, Father, as the first fruits for those who believe, so that bringing to perfection his work in the world, he might sanctify creation to the full. Therefore, O Lord, we pray, may this same Holy Spirit graciously sanctify these offerings, that they may become the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, for the celebration of this great mystery, which he himself left us as an eternal covenant. For when the hour had come, for him to be glorified by you, Father Most Holy, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And while they were at supper, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it. For this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, taking the chalice filled with the fruit of the vine, he gave thanks, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, O Lord, as we now celebrate the memorial of our redemption, we remember Christ's death and his descent to the realm of the dead. We proclaim his resurrection and his ascension to your right hand, and 
as we await his coming in glory, we offer you his body and blood, the sacrifice acceptable to you, which brings salvation to the whole world. Look, O Lord, upon the sacrifice which you yourself have provided for your church, and grant in your loving kindness to all who partake of this one bread and one chalice, that, gathered into one body by the Holy Spirit, they may truly become a living sacrifice in Christ to the praise of your glory. Therefore, Lord, remember now all for whom we offer this sacrifice, especially your servant Francis, our Pope, Mark, our Bishop, and his assistant Ken, and the whole order of bishops, all the clergy, those who take part in this offering, those gathered here before you, your entire people, and all who seek you with a sincere heart. Remember also those who have died in the peace of your Christ, and all the dead whose faith you alone have known. To all of us, your children, grant, O merciful Father, that we may enter into a heavenly inheritance with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, and with your apostles and saints in your kingdom. There, with the whole of creation, freed from the corruption of sin and death, may we glorify you through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow on the world all that is good. Through him and with him and in him, O God Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honour is yours for ever and ever. Amen. At the Saviour's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign for ever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. May this mingling of the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ bring eternal life to us who receive it. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, grant us peace. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, who by the will of the Father and the work of the Holy Spirit through your death gave life to the world, free me by this your most holy body and blood from all my sins and from every evil, 
Keep me always faithful to your commandments and never let me be parted from you. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. May the body of Christ keep me safe for eternal life. May the blood of Christ keep me safe for eternal life. The Communion Antiphon You have laid down your precepts to be carefully kept. May my ways be firm in keeping your statutes. Here is a prayer for spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you in my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Body of Christ. Amen. The Blood of Christ. Amen. Let us pause for a time of quiet post-communion prayer and reflection.
What has passed our lips as food, O Lord, may we possess in purity of heart, that what has been given to us in time may be our healing for eternity. Let us pray. Graciously raise up, O Lord, those you renew with this sacrament, that we may come to possess your redemption both in mystery and in the manner of our life. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks everyone for your company as we've gathered to give thanks and praise to our wonderful and generous God, who gives us what we need. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go and announce the Gospel of the Lord. Today I